My guy. How you doing? Very well. I just bumped into Pastor Simon at uh, Fearless. You're the man of all men. Talk fathers. <laughs> and you say dad is destiny, right? Yeah, dad is destiny for sure. I do a podcast called Living Truth. And I'd love for it if you could come. And we have that conversation with you. But you being a dad, how you are fathered, and how is your father? I'd be very honored to do that. In fact, next week is uh, Father's uh, it's Father's Week. It's Father's Week. So father's Day will be on Sunday. So I'd love for us to do that. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Right, I'll be there. Yes. Thank yeah. you. Papa was alone Good morning, good afternoon, good uh, evening, good whatever time it is, wherever you are. Welcome to Living Truthfully. My name is Amani Maranga and I'm excited. I'm excited because of the man I have in studio today. I'll be telling you about him. But I want to say this, guys. Thank you so much for listening to this podcast. Thank you for voting for us. We are waiting to hear uh, how we've done on the Baker Awards. But thank you for all of you that have voted. Thank you so much for the feedback that you've given us. I will be sharing some of that feedback in today's episode. But Annie, I'm so grateful. My heart is full. You guys rock. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. But now we are about to bring to a close. Papa was a rolling stone. And at the end of this season, I have the one man that should have been here all along the one man that they call the man the one man that is simon the man in the house in the flesh santi good to be here how you doing i'm doing good especially because it's father's uh, day week i'm excited about it. it is father's day week let me tell you guys who this guy is if you don't know the man well, I'm going to read a bit about him from a book that he wrote, but this is it doesn't even say the half of what this guy is. But he's a founder and director of Transform Nations Initiative. And this is an initiative that is devoted to calling men, but now it's not even men anymore, because you're talking about, you have mothers of sons, you have, what's the program for women called now? Eza, which Eza. is like woman enough, but woman enough is not feminine enough, so Eza. Is a you know strong and supportive woman. Does the idea of woman enough exist? Okay, don't answer that. <laughs> uh, Pastor Simon is the man behind the movement that is called Man Enough. Um, someone wrote about it this week. We'll talk about it. Someone wrote that uh, nowadays when men introduce themselves to chicks, they say they've done Man Enough as a way of entitlement. <laughs> that uh, sasa yani mimi mwanaume wa kutosha kwa sababu nimefanya man enough um and and when to the lady yeah who, who said that yeah, yeah. Who, who wrote that and she said that we need to check out yeah the level of humility of these men who think yeah. they're entitled yeah. because they've done man enough mm-hmm. but um, i can't speak for the program i can i was mm. in the first battalion of Man Enough, the very first battalion. That's right. That's a few years ago, man. That's, a, that's a many years ago. Yeah. Was that 2010 or 2011? I think it's 2011. 2011. Yeah. And we sat back and reviewed the material with you and we were able to figure out some of what works and what mm. doesn't work. I have a mark. I have a mark in Man Enough. Mm. And we, we'll talk about <laughs> it. Uh, yeah. But Pastor S is also, you're a lawyer. That's right. Um, 
practiced for a few years and then uh, left. Uh, just realized that was in my place. You're the author Fully. of Boys to Men, mm-hmm. which is a book about turning boys into real men. Ombi, Daddy's Destiny. Yeah. Uh, what what are the others that I'm, I'm there's not man enough man there's enough. mothers of sons mothers which I've co-authored with my wife yes. and then now there's Eza that we have called that as well mm-hmm. um, which others a few others I think 12 books now 12 books dude you know we used to have these conversations and you know I think at the time you had not even written one or maybe Ombi it was only Ombi yeah, yeah just Ombi and I'd written something for youth as well mm-hmm. uh, so those are the only ones I'd written you know sexuality and youth now. yeah ladies and gentlemen we're in the presence of greatness I want to go straight into fatherhood Pastor S you're a father of three that's right the ones I know <laughs> <laughs> that is every man's problem right there <laughs> So there's there's promise. Yeah, promise is my son. Uh, he's is the only son, son and mm-hmm. then two daughters. Uh, there's covenant, covenant. Uh-huh. Uh, model. Yes, and then there's uh, Baraka Mumo. So those two girls, and then promise Mugo. Mugo is peace in Kikamba. So what does yeah. Baraka mean? Well, Baraka is uh, something close to Swahili, but mm. also we use Baraka in yes. Hebrew uh, in Swahili as well. Mm. But Baraka is Hebrew of you know, Baraka. Yeah. And I didn't realize it until uh, actually a while back that you you don't spell it as Baraka. Yeah. The way we spell it in Swahili. You yeah, spell it's it Baraka. There's actually a valley in Israel called Baraka Valley, which is a valley of blessing. I mean, that place, wow. the whole place is dry, but that place never gets dry. So I think that's where I got it from. How has your fatherhood journey been? Well, that's a good question. Uh, I'd start with the way I was fathered, Mm -hmm. uh, which is my dad uh, died when I was eight years old. Mm -hmm. So I know very little uh, about him. Mm -hmm. But I remember a few things here and there Mm -hmm. that really impacted me. Mm -hmm. I remember him blessing us before he died, just a few weeks before he died. Mm -hmm. And he just spoke blessings of all of us. Mm -hmm. I remember a few things that we did together, like he used to love um, Ugali. Mm And Maziwa Mala, by that time, those days, we used to put this milk into a gourd, you know, mm. that. Uh, it was a real deal. And then it, uh, it so, ferments in the gourd. Yeah, mm. he used to love that. I loved it. So we used to eat that together and a few of our other siblings. Mm. I mean, we were 10 of us. So, yeah, uh, I, I, I mean, I would love this, but there were one or two others who loved it. Mm. My father believed in numbers, I should say. Yeah, <laughs> 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 two eyes, which was a trend then. Mm. And uh, 20 of us, wow. 10 from my mother, 10 from the other mother. He just believed in balance as well. <laughs> well, that's one way to balance. <laughs> Listen, Pastor Simon says, if you're going to have two wives, give them equal number of children. <laughs> that's not what I'm saying. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's what his father did. That's what, what my dad what did. So impact? That's really where it started. Yeah. I think my father and how he fathered us and the stories I hear about him because I knew very little. Yeah. And then him dying and me watching. Uh, you know, he died and I was around and it was mm. right at home. So mm. said it was an accident, uh, was it? It was an accident. A yeah. bus, a bus just... Um, uh, missed some, was trying to avoid some cows, our cows. Uh, they had gone into the road, and yeah. my dad and my brother was trying to get them back into the gate, yeah. uh, compound, and the bus just lost control and came for him. Mm. Wow. That's how he died. I'm really sorry about that. 
Yeah, but those are many years ago, but it affected me, you mm. know, uh, until today I see some things about how I miss, you know, I felt like my dad just quickly left me mm. suddenly, you know, mm. uh, no time to say bye-bye, you know, I wasn't prepared and that affected me for a long time because mm. I used to think everyone was going to leave me suddenly and so I became very clingy as a result especially to people that were important to me mm. our further experience uh, does affect us I've come to realize in life why is that you know people ask me why do we make this father thing a big deal mm. that when people when, when someone leaves when, when your mm. father is not there suddenly it sounds like a big deal why why is the father presence a big deal it's because it's a big deal I don't think we just make it. I mean, I talk to children, some who don't know their dads, and some who know them, some who quit on them. And you look at their lives, and it's definitely affected them. Uh, one of the things I got to learn not too long ago is that between zero and eight, mm-hmm. mothers, you know, their presence in our lives are very important. You know, you uh, there's a mother instinct. You're, you're made in their tummy. You're, you're born out of them. Uh, so there's a mother really in all of us, mm. uh, part of his flesh. Mm. Because of being in, you know, in their womb, and we come out, and they're taking care of us, and of course they are so nurturing, holding us, breastfeeding us, speaking to us that sweet voice. Mm. Uh, nothing else can match that. So between zero and eight, a child, male or female, is very endeared to their mother. Uh, and that's biological, but it's also psychological. Mm. You feel like mom is the one who watches over you, takes care of you. When you cry, they picked you up. So mothers teach you trust, how to trust people in this life. They give you patterns of relationships. It's interesting that a lot of us relate the way our mothers related to us. I mean, when my kids were young, I would be there and I'm able and I could do a lot for them and something would happen and they run straight to their mother's arms. And I'm there and sometimes I would feel bad about it. I mean, I'm here, come to me. Mm, <laughs> but it's just a thing. To, it's just a thing between they, zero and eight. It's because um, you're a beautiful wife. <laughs> your kids well, knew. That, that as well. Who was better looking in their relationship? But even, you know, the aha hug to them yeah. is very different from, from my hug yes, to them. Yes, you know, is. Mine is bonny and all of that. <laughs> uh, she gets to hug them and they feel like, wow, yeah. I belong here. Yeah. So those are the first few years. Mm. Uh, but then after that, psychologically, every child has to mm. uh, draw away from their mother to figure out their own themselves. Mm. So becoming their own person, they have to move away. Mm. And, and part of the role of a father is actually to receive that child so they can understand them themselves apart from their mother. You know, dad, if he's present, would be the only significant other uh, besides the mother who would be there. Uh, so a different voice, a different hand, uh, and that helps, um, uh, you know, father sort of take you from your mother and introduce you to the world. Yeah, bring you to the world, make you know that you can perform, you can do something. So in that sense, they are really important. Uh, I remember one statement my, my father made, and uh, uh, I mean, I still remember it. What, what he said is, you can be a leader. You know, he said it in passing, wow. but I believed it. And actually, I remember after he died, I went back to school and decided I'll be number one from now on because my father said I could be a leader. Wow. And I was for many years. 
because my dad said it. So just the power of a uh, of a father's word. Mm. It, it's really a big deal. Mm. Really a big deal to many people. So we don't make it up. I think it's psychological. It is a, it is a, it, it is a thing. Yeah. I, don't, I can't explain it myself, but mm. I, you know my father's story. I've talked about it. Yeah. Uh, you know, being brought up by a stepdad and not knowing my biological father. Now, I'm like like my stepdad and I, really cool. I mean, mm. he's a guy called dad. He's my father. He's a yeah. guy I identify with. Yeah. Raised, I named my my son after him. But, you know, just that, that thing that there was a guy yeah. out there, yeah. <laughs> you know, who didn't choose me yeah. in a sense. Yeah. Uh, it, it affects you mm. for some reason. You know, it's not logical mm-hmm. because it's. I'm I'm almost forty, banner. Mm-hmm. I've I should have dealt with it by now. You know, I should have. <laughs> well, you, you know, on. you're still young. I, I was uh, talking to some men, uh, you know, some years ago, mm. and I talked to them about this father thing, mm. and uh, I told them. I, I asked them. Uh, I told them about my story about how my music teacher mm. gave me a hug, and it was like the first fatherly hug mm, I had ever received. Mm. I think my dad, you know, I don't remember him hugging me, mm. but I was too young. Maybe mm, he did. Maybe did yeah. uh, but it was the first time in Form 1 that this teacher hugged me, and it felt so good. I went and sat somewhere and cried. Wow. I mean, it felt like a transfer of masculinity almost. Uh, and he had shaved his beards, and those who don't understand, then there are little pricky things yeah, after stabs, that. Yeah. So I remember that pressing against my smooth skin and feeling like literally something was being transferred to me. Uh, but it was just that I'd longed for that fatherly hand. So I told these guys that story, and I told them, hey, by the way, uh, partly I was joking, partly I was serious. I told them, uh, after this talk, I'll wait here, and if you really want a father hug, like you wanted your daddy really to hug you, mm. and he never did, I'll wait here. You know, there was this dude, he was like 60-something years. Wow. And he was huge. I remember it because, uh, you know, <laughs> he, he almost broke my if little... you guys have never seen Pastor Simon, eh? Everyone else is huge. You know? <laughs> so this guy was big, and he came and hugged me and picked me up. At some point, I wasn't even, uh, like, uh, my, my toes were hanging. Yeah. <laughs> you know, he just lifted me up, and it felt so good for him. Like, 10 minutes, he was still hugging me and crying crying like a baby and he said wow that felt so good and he told me that his daddy left them when uh, he was like seven years old and he said he had carried that thing until 60 something and he felt suddenly he felt like something rolled away from him so this thing is is a thing as you're saying it's actually a big thing psychologically it's a big deal and and we just need to understand our father's story and how it has affected who we've become pastor simon I have a question for you. In your book, Daddy's Destiny, you describe um, the first time you were initiated into being a father. I identify with it because I went through it as well. So I want to read for guys a bit, just an excerpt from your book. eh? Mm -hmm. So the book is called Daddy's Destiny, The Difference a Father Makes by Simon Bevy. And uh, he, t- he calls this, this is in chapter one, he calls it the initiation. Mm-hmm. And so uh, he says, you know, the experience is now when, you know, um, his wife is in labor. And he says, it was a sweet and sour experience. It was frustrating to say the least, to see my woman in intense pain and not being able to do something about it, except to rub her back and just be there. That is not how men are wired. We are born to solve problems, to fix the issue, to save our women. 
I momentarily hated the nurse and the doctor for passively watching my wife walk in the valley of the shadow of death. After many silent prayers, and what seemed to me as forever, the baby popped out. The passive, in quotes, nurses and doctors finally swung into action. I like that part, action. Mm-hmm. At that moment, I forgot about the woman. She had fulfilled her destiny. I turned my attention to the little girl, my daughter. Wow. My very own daughter. I felt some emotions I'd never felt that strongly. Love, pride, gratitude, insane joy, and other related emotions. Men take time to figure out what emotions they experience. You know, I really related to this. Yeah. Because I was in the delivery room when my firstborn daughter was born. Yeah. Do you remember that day for you? I do. As I explained there, eventually to be able, I mean, the pain was there. My wife was going through all of that. But to know that I've been born as a father. Because I was born the same time. Because that's when fatherhood starts yeah. for you. Yeah. I mean, my daughter was born and I was born. Uh, into fatherhood yes uh, and that's why i call it initiation mm. to me it was just feeling like wow and as i said it was such um a illogical thing and feeling <laughs> that finally there's someone who is named after me this is my seed mm. uh that just felt awesome so it was good in one sense but it was also overwhelming in another i just thought this little thing will look up to me for the rest of my life do i have what it takes <laughs> i think it's a question men never, How never she overcome now? Uh, she's now going to be 18 later this year oh wow uh, yeah she's becoming an adult i was Your looking daughter. at her the other day tried to hug her and lift her off the ground and i had a back backache <laughs> <laughs> after that and i thought who is your dad <laughs> i thought you were a little girl just the other My day but just goodness. the joy of seeing that girl become a woman uh, to me it's just incredible I, i think what's incredible is that she has survived 18 years of your parenting <laughs> But you know, um, my, my daughter is turning 12 on Sunday. Wow. Yeah. And so I feel the same because I feel like she's survived 12 years of my yeah. parenting. Of you're trying to figure out, especially some of us who are not, f- you know, uh, fathered as much. Yeah. We are trying to figure out a lot as of these things. As you go and and then and then I didn't have any female siblings. So yeah. you can, uh, you are lucky you had a sister. You had an older yeah. sister at least. Yeah. I had four of them older. Four yeah. of them older, and yeah. I, I know, I think I met one, and mm-hmm. and at least I know you have a close relationship with them, a fairly close relationship with them. I, I had no mm-hmm. reference, you know, yeah. of how to bring up a daughter. Yeah. Well, the reason I brought this up mm-hmm. is because of the delivery room. Mm. You were in the delivery room. I was. Were you there for all your three children? I was. Um, I mean, I would take a break for a few minutes, come back. I was, but um, yeah, the, the last one was the most traumatic because the labor took longer. Yeah, and I remember at some point my wife said, "Yeah, I think I'm dying." Now that's very scary for a man. Wow. So I just told her, "You better not die. I'm going to die with you." <laughs> wow. I think that scared her back to life. Uh, but I was there for the three of them, and I think for me it was not only the experience of receiving the baby yeah. and being there when the baby arrives yeah. uh, for their arrival, uh, but also just to 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 be with my wife for the first time. It was more for the baby. Yeah. I think later I began to realize that this means a lot to my wife. So I really want to do it for her as well. 
Th- that's my problem. <laughs> that right there is my problem. Yeah. I was there in the delivery room for both my chil- both of my children. Yeah. But I wouldn't do it again. Because of a trauma. It is so traumatic. It is so traumatic. But you know, uh, you know part of it is um it also prepares you as a man. Because you, you've got to be able to be comfortable with blood if you're going to grow up as a man. Uh, that it's okay and a few other things and be able to talk through them. What I realize for a lot of men why this is very traumatic is because you never talk about it. You just live there uh, and you're going through these thoughts and what you've seen and you're not talking to anyone. The lady, everybody has attention on her so she will talk about it. But the men, they just keep it. Uh, because I remember the first time I was quiet for like two weeks. I wasn't talking much uh, but not necessarily for uh, anything too bad that I saw but just because I didn't know how to process my emotions so eventually when I talked to someone and we processed it I now realize why a lot of men struggle is because you have no one to debrief with and you see even an accident you need someone to debrief you after you go through it how do I debrief Listen, <laughs> help me here. Let's debrief me. How do I debrief yeah. what I just watched? Eh? Yeah. I feel like, uh, first, it is my fault. Mm-hmm. This is happening. Yeah. I, 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 For her. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It is my fault. <clears throat> it is me and my greedy self. Look at what it has done. <laughs> Look at what it has done. To, Your love to, for pleasure. To, now it's yeah, bringing to pain some, to, to someone else's person. daughter. You yeah. Know? <laughs> um, yeah. I mean, it's... And then, and then, obviously, I don't know if, uh, and this this is an adult show, mm. so feel yeah. free. Yeah. Obviously, there's a challenge of, uh, you know, going back to intimacy. Mm-hmm. You know, after that. Yeah. You know? But you see, part of it is the debriefing. Uh, the debriefing, but also there's a way that men are prepared you know, to, to stand more on one side and mm. not on the other, yeah. unless they want to. It didn't make a difference uh, to me. <laughs> <laughs> it didn't make a difference. It didn't make a difference. Man. Yeah. So for that reason, I mean, there's some people who maybe this is going to be really... There are people I say, if you don't feel ready for it, don't do it. Mm. Uh, of course, your wife may not forgive you for that. But <laughs> if you don't feel ready and mm. you feel like this is going to be crazy, don't do it. Uh, but if you have gone through it and you have left tra- traumatized, I think there's a debriefing that you need to do. Uh, just get a therapist, uh, shrink to talk with you through it, just like any other experience. Even the the wife, I mean, our wife sometimes go through a post um, Tra- uh, postpartum. Yeah, depression. Depression because of some of the things they got through. So, and 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 yet they were go, going through it themselves. So it's, it's a good conversation to have with your wife, and if necessary, have with someone. Else. I, I saw off sex. Yeah, obviously not for long, but you know, I, <laughs> <laughs> that's how men are made. Yeah, I was like, I'm by the way, done, it huh? may be good for the women because then you keep off for a little while as they recover. As they recover. By the time you recover, they have recovered. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, uh, so it might be good for for you (laughs) as well (laughs) but you know what I identify with as well Mm -hmm. is when Modoni came when my daughter was born I felt that overwhelming feeling Mm -hmm. of love Mm -hmm. and wanting to protect this child and I knew I knew at that moment my job would be to protect her for the rest of her life I knew that was very clear yeah I had a different feeling uh, for my son, though. Mm-hmm. I felt proud. Mm. My son, I felt just 
a sense of pride, you know. Mm. I felt like uh, Mufasa, yeah. uh, you know, <laughs> lifting Simba. I'm a little ah, warrior here, yeah. <laughs> you know, like exactly. You yeah. Know? Well, why, yeah. why, why, why would that be? You know, where, where I have this different feelings. I, I, I think it's both biological, psychological, and cultural as mm-hmm. well. Mm-hmm. But it's both. Mm-hmm. You cannot divorce them. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think just li- seeing your little girl and uh, how beautiful and sweet she is, uh, you feel like, I want to die for this uh, little thing. Mm-hmm. I want to protect them. Uh, but for your son, you feel like there's an energy there. He's going to be a, pr- a protector as well. So you feel like you have a buddy, like you have a fellow soldier exactly, yeah. uh, that has been born. Uh, and I'm saying it's both biological and, and everything, uh, but cultural as well mm. because that's how we relate culturally to mm. girls mm. Uh, and anybody would I mean every girl want to be protected mm. you want to feel like you want a man who is going to make sure you don't get harmed mm. and you're going to die protecting them but for your son you want to say let's go fight together that's why I always say every man needs a woman to die for and a man to go to war with mm. and if necessary die with uh, but that's just how it is and um, uh, part of it is your daughter is going to need you in that, those ways mm. I mean, my, my daughter today comes and feels you're strong for me you can protect me and it's psychological I mean if you were left somewhere with women who are maybe even stronger than you because you've been to the gym and mm. done a lot of mm. things they still want to feel like you're a protector it's a psychological thing uh, I, I was somewhere the other day I give this story I was in an airport somewhere and then intercom uh, comes on and they begin to say there's a security breach so just go down and sit where you are and wait for the next instructions first time ever for that to happen to wow. me so I was a little scared and everybody was scared and we went down I sat down after two or three seconds I looked around and there were all ladies around me now I was very ne- I didn't choose it it yeah. just happened okay. uh, but I didn't mind it uh, and <laughs> <laughs> we were very near the exit <laughs> very near the exit and slowly all of these ladies who were visually older than me mm. uh, began to drift back so they left me at uh, the front at the front they left the smallest guy <laughs> <laughs> at the very front <laughs> and then one of them asked me uh, almost uh, subconsciously what's going on and mm. I wonder how do I um, how am I supposed to know I was with you here when the thing was announced yeah, uh, but, but it's just such uh, you know an instinct that just because I was a man there everybody mm. felt like you should be there to get harmed on our behalf mm. if necessary uh, and it's just a thing that happens so for your daughter you want to be there to watch over her and protect her and make sure no dude plays with her uh, that's why I have several dogs uh, <laughs> but for your son you want to mm. say let's go to war together we're mm. here mm. Uh, to protect society and the rest wow Guy, not so much. He explains so much. Pastor mm-hmm. S, I've been asking a question in this podcast. This series, Papa, was a rolling stone. I've been asking a question. Are fathers important? I feel like f- for, a, a, you know, we've been relegating the role of the father to one thing. Financial provision. Pesa. Pesa. Mm. If the guy is not providing money, mm. he's a deadbeat. Yeah. When I'm in a pesa, wallet. In wallet. Yeah. If the man is not is not financially stable, he doesn't seem to have a role in the home. Especially, I mean, we can debate about husband role, but for me, especially as a father, mm-hmm. what 
what is a father for? Yeah, that's a very good question. We could talk for a long time. You know, that's why I wrote uh, that book. And I think we even need another one. But I'll say a few things, just mm. quick ones, and then talk about the five Ps maybe at the end. Mm-hmm. But um, number one, fathers, fathers are a model of masculinity for their children, both mm. male and female. Mm. My, da- my daughter told me the other day, Dad, I'm going to date someone. Uh, who takes care of me like you do. I mean, she looks at me and says, this is the kind of a man I want to be. And that's what does. You're the first man that she ever related with mm. in a very altruistic way. You're not interested in anything. You're there for her and you're willing to die for her. Mm. And so she thinks, I want a guy like that. So I become a model of masculinity uh, to, to her, but also to my son. My son keeps saying, I want to be like you, dad, because you're the man that I relate with in this way. And I want to be a man like you. It's interesting, many uh, many ladies actually marry their father in their guise. They look at, if they liked their dad, then they're going to look for someone like their dad and one or two things. Interestingly, some even marry someone who might be an abuser or something else like their dad was. Uh, but it's just because you grew up in the presence of this man. It became the type of a man that you see every day mm. and interact with. And it's easy for you to identify men out there who look like your dad, who behave like your dad, because you look lived with your dad if he was there for a long time but just model of masculinity number one but number two uh, fathers call out the man in a son it's like my uh, son doesn't feel like a man until I affirm him and tell him this is who you are do you know that that is in contention yeah it is in contention as we speak yeah that men call out masculinity in in men in, in boys yeah women are asking why they can't do it they will do it, but they say it differently because of the psychological explanation I gave. Mm-hmm. I mean, from zero to eight uh, and even there beyond, women have kept saying, oh, you're a good boy. You are this and the other. At that point, they need another voice to affirm what the mother has been saying. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's a psychological thing. The window of eight to uh, 14, 15, uh, it's a window that a male voice is very important to affirm what the mother has been saying. Uh, and it's not only the father eventually becomes a man in this guy's life Mm. starts with the father then it goes to the man Uh, there's something about men that they live for one another a lot more than they live for women we want to impress women but when another man challenges you you're more likely to rise up to it than if a lady tells you something Uh, because the voice of a man shapes other men Uh, and I think it's just the fathers what we tell our sons are becoming I mean I told you how my my, my father like a prophet told me one day you can be a a leader leader. and I Mm. became my music teacher after that hug he said you know you can be a lawyer and I became because of him Wow! Uh, just the voice, uh, the male voice that affirms you is very powerful for a son. Can women raise men? They can, but uh, they will. And that's why we do Mothers of Sons as mm. a program, because mm-hmm. we are telling them this is how to talk to your son mm. and do what you need to do. But there's a part that you will never be able. There's a gap of the male voice that you cannot be. Just like I cannot uh, play the role of uh, a mother to my children. Mm. Uh, they need to hear their mother, even when I say exactly the same thing. Uh, their mother will say it in a different way and they'll hear differently. Uh, so it's just the way we were created that we need both voices 
to be able to rise up to uh, psychological maturity. Otherwise, there'll be gaps in our lives. The same with uh, ladies. They want to hear the voice of a man, especially their dad, affirm mm. them in one way or another. Mm. That's why, again, girls get very broken if their fathers abandon them or tell them you're not beautiful or call them other names. Uh, once I talked to some prostitutes in a controlled environment. You guys, Pastor S. Prostitutes in a controlled environment. Uh, okay. uh, Journalist was asking them questions. So yeah. I said, Can I ask them one question? Because mm. uh, I had asked this question many people, and mm. it was be- uh, coming out true. Mm. That what your father calls you, mm. you're very likely to drift into it. And so I asked this, uh, there were maybe about 20 of them. I asked them, how many of you, your father called you a prostitute or a sex worker? Or you know how fathers would say those days, or Malaya, you know, Tokapa. And do you know what? 18 out of 20 raised their hands. No way. So there's something no about a way. father's voice that makes you feel, my father thinks like that, then maybe I'm like that. Uh, you know, my father thinks I'm irresponsible. You find yourself drifting into irresponsibility because of just the voice, a prophetic voice of a father. I mean, even whether whether you liked him or not, many of us, yes, the words our fathers told us, they stay with us for a long time. Mm. Why? Psychologically, we look up to our fathers to affirm us other than our mothers because they have been affirming us for a while. So that period, psychologists call individuation. It's very hard to pronounce mm. that as a camera. Becoming your own individual. <laughs> uh, that is the season where yeah. you need another voice other than mom to tell mm. you who you are. Because mom has been telling you. Actually, Dr. So, Oscar has mentioned that individualism yeah. as a stage yeah. in a previous podcast. Yeah. So you're saying fathers are there to affirm, to call out their sons. Call out their sons call and out even call out sons. the woman in a girl. Okay. It's interesting if a woman is affirmed by their dad and told you beautiful, mm. they'll believe that a lot more than if their mother told them. Wow. Yeah, just because it's other than mom. <laughs> you know, mom has been saying these things. Yes. Other than mom, a male voice as a family. Interestingly, they say, a lot of research shows mm. that a lot of women, girls who have not been affirmed by their dad are more likely to go into early sex. Because if they find then a dude who like looks like a father, is a fatherly figure and tells them you're beautiful, they're willing to do anything for them. Because they've longed for that. They were waiting for another voice to affirm them. You heard it from the expert. I won't even say any more. Yeah. Because I'll spoil it. So he's there, he's affirming, mm-hmm. he's affirming his children, he's yeah. calling out um, you know, the masculinity from his children, the femininity, you say, even from the woman. Yeah. The woman from his uh, from Then he's his a model. And of course, we, we talked about protection. And then he's a protector. Uh, that well. there's a sense of security when dad is around. Yes. Uh, the children all over the world, yes. even if the mother is a cop, just having a man <laughs> in the house mm. gives you a sense of security. Mm. Uh, and it's just the fact that men are considered to be protectors. And in fact, women expect men to be to like protectors, not just physically but psychologically as Mm. well Uh, but the other thing is just the presence and playing around Mm. because you know a mother will play with kids in a very safe way Mm. Uh, I mean uh, in every way biologically, Mm. psychologically Mm. men are more risk takers Mm. so I'm I'm 
likely to throw my daughter up and about you know up and down i'm going to be rougher with her mm. i'm going to take her to places and push the you know the, the boundaries, the boundaries mm. a lot more than the mother yes. and so that's important especially between 5 and 8 mm. that's a time that kids are trying to go beyond the boundaries mm. and they need a father a lot more uh, to help them with some of those things So the way we play and just the presence together mm. the 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 vo- uh, you know the interaction is different from the other one just because we are different with the mom so the way I t- even the way I talk to my daughter about sex and other things mm. is going to be very different from the way the mother does so just the social interaction yes. is very important that they interact with their mother they interact with their dad mm. uh, then it brings uh, an ability for them to interact well with men later in life because they interacted with their father. So the presence is the, very important. Uh, the, Just being there and playing mm, and talking and mm. uh, holding them and all of that. Uh, that brings a lot of health, psychological health to the children. Uh, but then the other one is also uh, values. Yes. Um, uh, culturally uh, and spiritually, mm. men really are custodians of value. Mm. It's interesting some mothers tell me, I don't know, I don't understand this. I'll say something and then the father will come and say, and now the it's taken more seriously. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and nobody taught them to discriminate. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and it's not that. It's just that mom has been saying since when I was young. Yeah. Now dad, I'm a teenager. I'm trying to push away from mom and dad says the same thing. Yeah. Uh, so uh, it just creates an affirmation of values mm. that's why we even say wahenga walisema mm. and it's mainly the elders who put these wahenga, things yes. <laughs> together yeah. and then made a culture for the uh, yeah. tribe mm. and now the tribe for and it's mainly true. men who are farmed or punished against mm. tribal cultures that were not followed mm. uh, so there's an ability of a father then uh, to be part of the values as i talk to my son and mm. my daughter mm. i'm giving values i'm giving guidance and they had it from my but they want another to confirm as well uh, so just being like a priest yeah. uh, just being able to teach these values mm. uh, it's interesting they say uh, if a child sees especially in teenage mm. the father do something they're more likely to follow it than it, if it was only mom doing it mm. because at that point again daughters rebel against their moms during that season they just want to push away anything feminine later they reconcile but it's just a season of re- rebelling almost against your mom because mm-hmm. they need a separation if that separation doesn't happen everybody will suffer in the future uh, the boy becomes mama's boy uh, and other women don't want to marry him because mm-hmm. he just wants to refer to the mom all the time mm-hmm. and the lady just becomes too soft if that separation doesn't happen so it's a necessary psychological separation and dad at that point is voice uh, becomes an affirmation of values to the children. So there's a lot that fathers do. Wow. If you ever doubted the role of a father, you've you've had a lot from Pastor S. I want to go back to something and just something you mentioned and I want to affirm it in a sense. Mm-hmm. I hear a lot uh, of women nowadays talk about indecisive men. Mm-hmm. You know they talk about indecisive indecisive men. Uh, husbands or boyfriends mm. uh, people who are not willing to take risks you know uh, yeah. who are not willing to to, to 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 sort of put themselves out there in terms of a decision like to take initiative yeah, to take say. initiative yeah. in a sense mm. and you know i think i'm able to trace it back and we've had this conversation with you mm. to 
that stage of presence mm. and fathers playing with their children. Yeah. Because fathers teach their children how to take risks. Yeah. And if they're able to take risks as children, mm-hmm. that climbing through, you know, climbing the window mm-hmm. and a father is there to let him climb yeah. as opposed to the mom who will tell him, get down, you mm-hmm. know, mm-hmm. Uh, and, and bring him down to safety. But the father will probably let him climb to see how far he can go before he can hold him. Yeah. That thing that makes the child take risks mm-hmm. is what later plays on when the child is making a business decision or is making a family decision in terms of a, is, is that do you find that to be true? That's true. I was actually reading another book that was written just recently, mm-hmm. uh, studying brain psychology and brain science. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it was saying, is this not just a cultural thing in mm-hmm. terms of women and men, mm-hmm. uh, some taking risks more than others? Mm-hmm. It's actually a play of the hormones. Mm-hmm. Testosterone is basically a risk taking, pushing you mm-hmm. beyond the boundaries. Mm-hmm. Estrogen is more of a nurturing and safety. Mm-hmm. That's why women worry more about their children because mm. they have just invested a lot more and psychologically that's how they think safety mm. men don't worry too much am i going to die before my son almost all women worry about that mm. <laughs> it's just uh, uh, because they're, they're, they're just more invested in their children and all so I would say that's true. Uh, I would say just the presence of a father uh, in the child, whether it's female or male, mm. just releases them to take more risk. They feel safer to do that. I mean, mothers would just feel, oh, no, you're going to kill yourself. Yeah. And that telling you don't, don't actually has an impact on the child. But mm. the father say, no, go, go, go and do this. Mm. Uh, go and do. So it's interesting we say that um, uh, when motherhood doesn't work well, we have hesitancy in relationships, being mm. intimate. Mm. Pattern of relationships get affected. Mm. When fatherhood doesn't go well, we have a lot more hesitancy in performance. Going out there and saying, this is who we are, this is what we can do. Uh, and it's just because different contributions. Not better or who is better now, no. It's just we are different and gender has different contributions to this thing called parenting. Uh, And so it's true. Uh, Just like, I mean, I do a lot of counseling. I have a lot of complaints from ladies about mama's boy. Mm. And whenever I talk to a mama's boy, and it's just, it sounds like a bad word, but it's someone who is so endeared to their mother because the separation never happened. Mm. Uh, Either because the dad wasn't there or the dad was too passive. They never invited the boy into himself. Or the mother just insisted too much on the relationship, then they'll be very passive and it's the women who will be frustrated. Why can't you go and start a business? Why can't you get out? You know, there's just a lot more security that he has because of being around mom for a mm. long time. Wow. Hey, and we haven't even started the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> because I want to ask about father wounds. Yeah. Coming up. On this episode. Father wounds are really terrible. In fact, uh, Amania, I, I am really worried about this issue because we, we've done a bit of survey here and there and do you know it's less than 20% of the people who say they have had a good father. Less than uh, 20%. This is Living Truthfully. Um, I, I got an I got an email yesterday mm. that broke my heart. I want to read part of it to you. Uh, this lady, the, she titles the email Asante, and she talks about 
you know how my podcast has she's been listening to my podcast and this is what she says I'd like to thank you very deeply for having the courage to begin your podcast as a woman who's been who has experienced physical emotional and sexual abuse at the hands of different men the first man to severely emotionally emotionally abuse me being my father mm. to be honest the past few years have been very difficult for me in terms of finding space empathy and compassion for men in general mm. in the past 5 years i've not made a single male friend and it was not on it was only last year that i realized how far gone mm. i was in terms of having faith that men are indeed worth the work mm. now she says some other things uh, but she says men listening to other men being so vulnerable and giving of themselves has healed parts of me i didn't even realize were wounded and broken mm. i do know that I'm definitely not the target market but thank you so much for restoring that faith in men that has been buried under the years of trauma and pain and heart. Yeah. And she says I called my father after about 20 years of not speaking to him. Wow. Thank you for giving me the courage to reach out. Mm. The courage to humanize him. The courage to hold space and empathy and compassion for him. Mm. Uh, she goes also to shout out my producer for for the work that she's done but this has affected how she relates with men That's she right. actually does say that she's not mm-hmm. she's not romantically attracted to men and mm-hmm. so she has chosen an alternate lifestyle yeah let's talk about father wounds because mm. this this sounds to me like that yeah father wounds can be deep because um when as a young person you expect uh, this person who is supposed to protect you mm. and be there for you and he takes off or he becomes an instrument of abuse it hurts you very deeply uh, i think i've not seen something that i mean mother wounds are there but father wounds uh, because fewer mothers would take off from their children or, or hurt them intentionally it's just uh, a little more difficult because of a mother instinct uh, because you know we don't have a father instinct <laughs> we don't we don't eh? <laughs> we introduce to our children and then we trust them, our children <laughs> we believe it we believe that they are mine <laughs> yeah. actually you're right bana <laughs> Yeah, if you were not introduced, you wouldn't know. That yeah, yeah, that's true. Unless you just see a familiar, this, 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 you know, forehead or this something. This is a problem right now. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but anyway, uh, on a more serious note, mm. father wounds are really terrible. In fact, uh, Amania, I, I am really worried about this issue. Because we, we've done a bit of survey here and there. And do you know it's less than 20% of the people say they have had a good father? less than wow. 20%. I mean my my staff team this morning was just asking the people and I think it's only two out of almost 15 people would say I'm so proud of my dad. The rest had issues with their dad. Uh, some of them were absent, they were not just there. Some of them got to meet them like 15 years later mm-hmm. and the guy was just somewhere. Uh, some of them are abusive uh, either sexually or physically or stuff like that. Uh, but what this is what father won does to you it brings such a deep pain inside of you it makes you distrust men it makes you distrust male authority not just men generally mm. I mean, it may be a difficult a very difficult like for that lady to relate with men romantically but even men in authority because you see your father uh, replayed because mm. this is the first man you met and this is what he did to you so men are like that out there so it gives you a picture of how terrible masculinity is so you either 
go out looking for men the good parts that mm. you missed mm. or you just hate the men and, and begin you, reject uh, it completely. You, you know either to I mean there's a lady who said me she had slept with more men than she could count because she just wanted to punish them get them so close get them intimate and abandon them like the father abandons them and it was psychological until she realized what she was doing wow. uh, so father wounds can be very deep and terrible part of it is father hunger if you never knew your dad so mm-hmm. you're hungry for someone who will be like a father so you find yourself looking for that mm-hmm. I was talking to a lady two days ago who said I've not realized I have a father hunger because I always date men older than me and they always disappoint me like mm. my father did mm. like 10 years older or 15 like years far, older. much older than her far much older and it's a father i'm looking for mm. so there's a father hunger or there's a reaction towards fathers because of what you went through uh, and i think what those wants do besides uh, uh, or beyond just making you the treatment badly uh, or, or love men too much uh, and because you're looking for something you've never gotten and over trusting them mm. uh, and just feeling like they are saviors mm. uh, that's another thing we could do if we never got a father mm. uh, but it stunts your growth because there's a gap inside of you mm. uh, it affected me after my father dying uh, i got to realize at some point that taking initiative was very hard for me being able to go out there because my father suddenly left me and i felt like the rock of my life just crumbled right in my eyes mm. and i found it was very hard for me to take a step uh, and do something that I needed to do mm. it made me passive because of that because no one else then cheered me on after that mm. uh, so father wounds uh, I was going to ask you what yeah. what what how it affects you say in your book here yeah. that many of us fall into three groups in relationship in relation to fathering yeah you say we are either unfathered mm-hmm. underfathered mm. or misfathered yeah and I, you know you've you've explained that very well mm-hmm. in this in relation to this lady who wrote to us yeah. and how probably her misfathering because yeah. <laughs> that's what happened for her yeah as you were starting to speak I was asking myself how does this play on to the man mm-hmm. all right so yeah. whether if i'm unfathered yeah if i'm misfathered or if i'm underfathered yeah. how does that show up in my life That's true. So for the women it's how they relate to, to men, the men yes. either positively yes. or negatively yes. uh, or just don't want to relate yes. to them, get distant. But for the men is the same thing because uh, we pass this on. Mm. Sometimes consciously, sometimes unconsciously. Mm-hmm. Uh, like I struggled a lot to know how to relate closely to my children because my father wasn't there to relate. Mm. So there are men who want to be close to their dads but they feel distant. I have a friend of mine and you know him uh, that tells me that I want to be close to my kids but it's like there's an invisible wall in between me. Mm. And it's because my father fathered me and took off. I got to meet him uh, because the mother was a, was a teenage girl. Mm. And so when he realized he had done this, he said, it's he, not he me. Yeah. <laughs> And took off. It wasn't me. It wasn't me. Uh, but 20 years later, he came back. <laughs> so because of that gap, this guy finds it so hard to relate with children just the way the father never related yeah, to so, so he doesn't so you have may a find model. You had a distant father, you become a distant father. Mm. You had a 
An abusive father, once in a while you find yourself like abusing your children because it's like the default. It's what you know. It's what you, you went through. Mm. Or you may go to the extreme where you want to compensate what you never got. So you become a spoiler to your children. Your father never allowed you to have any ice cream. Now you want to buy ice cream all the time for your children. So it's like a compensation. Your children are constantly, this, constantly yeah. with sore throats because yeah. of your father wounds. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So you just want to compensate what you never got you want to give it too much to mm, your children mm. so it could either make you just like your dad I mean I know men who say you know intentional dad program I shout just like my dad I hated it when he was doing it but when push comes to shove I find mm. myself shouting exactly the same way so either become your dad uh, in some areas or in all of them or you may find yourself then going to the opposite because mm. you don't like him uh, and and so uh, one of the first topics we do is to tell the men look at yourself in the mirror look at your father uh, fatherhood experience mm. because it affects your fathering man in the mirror yeah wow you know, I have so many follow-up questions, but yeah. I feel like we need to move along. Because, <laughs> I know, this is a, this, I told you this is a topic we could talk for a day. We could have an entire podcast <laughs> yeah. series yeah. on just Pastor S and how, he, and, and how we view fathers. I, I want to ask how we resolve this father wounds mm-hmm. conversation. Mm-hmm. And maybe we can touch on it before I go to my next you know, question. Yeah. Uh, because I don't feel like it's right to leave it hanging. You, yeah, you have this, true. you have this father who wounds. Mm. You've been hurt by your dad, whether he, he's he's being absent or maybe some things he did right. Last week we had Tosh, and he, even he who has had a great relationship with his father yeah. still had some things to resolve with yeah. him. How can I, how can mm. I resolve yeah. my father wounds? That's true, and because we're not perfect. I mean, my kids. I've written a book on fatherhood. I train on fatherhood. <laughs> but I, I still know that I'm going yeah. to wound them in one way or another because yeah. I'm not perfect. I'm mm. still learning in the job. Mm. Uh, and so one day they'll do a program and get healed. <laughs> <laughs> they'll do your program and get healed. <laughs> but uh, it's not intentional. It's yeah. just I have gaps. They're going to show up in the way I parent mm. because I'm still recovering. I'm not mm. perfect. Mm. Uh, so I think it's to say, number one, I, I, I identify and acknowledge the gaps mm. that I feel hurt by my dad because of this and that and that. Many people when we talk about it, they say, no, I mean, I didn't expect much from my dad. I didn't get much. It's okay. That mm. in itself is a wound that you had no expectations. Mm. Uh, so the mm. wound here is not just pain. Mm. is what you should have gotten that you never got. Mm. It's denial of something that you should have gotten. Yeah. That hurts you in one way or another psychologically, mm. even when you don't feel the pain. Uh, so it's just looking at your fatherhood experience, how you were fathered, and realizing the gaps, mm. whether it was abusive or harsh or too high standards that you never got to please him. He was a trophy dad. He, he was only proud of you when you got a trophy. Uh, whatever it is, just uh, understand how you hurt you mm. and wounded you. So acknowledge that. But number two, realize he's human. 
Mm. Whether he did it intentionally, it's probably only 10-15% of the dads who would say, let me let me, let me, me just hurt this child. Who are evil enough to <laughs> yeah. say, I want to hurt my child. Yeah, I just want to make sure they'll never recover. They'll never do well. <laughs> You've got to be evil to mm. do that. Mm. The majority do it out of lack of mm. understanding. Maybe they were just drunks mm. and, and, and struggling with their own addictions and then they hurt you. Uh, or they just didn't know better. Yeah. Or, <laughs> this or struggling with their own wounds. Yeah. Of, their, of, uh, their, of how they were fathered. Yeah. I mean, I know my dad had issues, but he didn't have a dad. The dad mm. died before he was born. Oh, no. Uh, and so he had his own challenges there. So just understanding that and then forgiving them. Instead of being bitter against them, forgive them. And I always say forgiveness is not a gift to the offender. Mm. You're not gifting your dad by forgiving him. You're gifting yourself because you have a right to be free. You don't mm. have to carry this pain long after the fact. Uh, who is uh, benefiting out of that? It's crippling you. It's hurting you. Let it go so that you'll be free. So forgive. Uh, let it go. Mm. Uh, that's part of your healing. Uh, and I think after letting it go, that gives you freedom. Mm. But then lastly, if he's alive and present, reach out for reconciliation. Reconciliation is a choice. Mm. It may bring a lot of uh, goodness to you. I have seen many guys who have looked for their fathers and even just talking to them and realizing this is my dad and giving them a, a hug, uh, even if it's not long-lived, it's set out something psychologically. Mm. So the reconciliation is recommended. It's not a must. I mean, if he's dead and he's not in the jurisdiction, mm. you cannot do much about it. But the forgiveness is a must. If you want some freedom and sanity in your life mm. uh, so that you don't repeat the cycle, uh, then forgive. Uh, then it releases you from having to repeat the patterns and also gives you some healing uh, for your pain. Uh, but if you can reconcile, go for it. It just has a, a psychological effect, a healing effect, mm. uh, and a blessing. I mean, Peter, uh, Mary Bay is one of our friends, yeah, yeah, and he yeah. heard us talk about this. And when they looked for the dad, he didn't yeah, even he know did, where yeah. he was. And eventually they reconnected. And he was saying that was the best gift before he could get married. Wow. That he saw his dad yes, and yes. they reconnected. And he yeah. said, I don't even want much. I saw him. I talked to him. That gave me just a confidence in life that I was ready to get married. Actually, I had a, a friend who came in from the States the other day. Yeah. Uh, came to look for his dad after 18 years. You know, he'd not seen his dad in yeah. 18 years. He yeah. didn't know where he was. In fact, some friend in the States helped him trace his father. Yeah. Traced him to Nakuru. Uh -huh. So he landed just to come and see his dad. So, yeah. you're right. I just wonder, is yeah. there a three-step process for reconciliation? Or, you know, do, do you have like... Because I don't... I find it messy. Mm -hmm. And I find that reconciliation can, uh, you know, can sometimes have, you know, the negative, negative effects. effects yeah, know? that's it, true. How do... How do what, what tips can you give me? I think there's a lot we could say, but a few things I would say mm. that don't force it if he's not ready. Mm. Try and reach out. If mm. he doesn't want to do it, don't mm. force it because mm. it will hurt you further because you will feel rejected. Mm. Uh, so uh, find out where he is. Find out whether, uh, reach out to him and see whether he's willing. If he's not willing, then don't push it. Uh, wait until the right time if mm. he's ever going to be willing. Mm. But secondly, if he's willing, there are times that you need maybe to go 
more with someone else he respects. Because mm. a lot of fathers get scared. Mm. Are you coming to look for whatever money that I have? Mm. Are you trying to fight for my or you know claim mm. inheritance? Mm. So a lot of them are very suspicious of what you want. Mm. Uh, but if you went with an uncle or someone else uh, who is able to be a mediator and just say he just wants to know you, there's nothing much he wants out mm. of it, that may even work better. So mm. if possible, use mediation. Mm. Have someone else that he respects mm. that uh, comes along. Uh, and uh, lastly, I would say, if you start off the first time and you don't feel like he wants more, again, don't push it. Uh, so just reconciliation is two people. It cannot be one-sided. Mm. So you do your part. If he's not pushing his part, take it slowly. Mm. Uh, and don't break it apart because you were too anxious just to get this together. And I want to add on to that and say, you know, yeah. c- carry with you honor and respect. That's <laughs> you know? right. Carry with you honor and respect that mm. at the end of the day, yeah. re- if, you're, if you're looking for reconciliation, mm-hmm. you must offer something. <laughs> yeah. And and I think the one thing that you you have that you can offer is honor and respect to your dad. That's why well, that's a language of men. And mm. if you go there just accusing them, then of course he doesn't want to see you again. Mm. Uh, so start with just honoring the little he did or did not do is your father. And then later you can bring up the beef and mm. try to reconcile it. But that should not be what is the first thing that comes out of your mouth. So excellent. I want us to go to two last things and then we can finish. First one is, uh, is, there, is there such a thing as a father blessing? And is that thing important? Mm-hmm. Does it make a difference to have your father bless you? Um, or is it just a spiritual myth? Mm. Is, it, is it in the mythology of the Greek gods? Yeah. I think it's both spiritual and psychological because of what I said earlier, that mm. further sort of introduce us to the world mm. and are farmers. Mm. I mean, I've met some people who are married, they're good wives to their husbands uh, and, and good mothers, but they still want to hear their dad say, you're a good mother. You're, you know, I know you're going to do well there because that voice is important. It's just mm. a voice we cannot wish away. So I would say a further blessing is important. Mm. A further blessing involves uh, three things, mm-hmm. uh, which are, in my opinion, the most basic psychological needs. Mm. Affection, that you want a dad just say, I love you mm. or I appreciate you. That's mm. a blessing, by the way. When your dad tells you that and you've never had it, mm. that's a blessing. Uh, and number two is acceptance. You're my daughter. Mm. You're my son. Ownership. Some sense uh, of belonging. A sense of belonging. I mean, we all want that. Mm. And uh, uh, we want to hear that from our dad. You're my son. And, you know, whatever has happened in life, you're still my son. I think that's a word we wanted to hear, a statement we wanted to hear for a long time, mm. especially when we did not get an A. Because <laughs> every father wanted you to get an A. <laughs> but yeah. you still want to hear, you're my child. Mm. And lastly, I'm proud of you. Mm. And affirmation. So mm. three years. Affection, acceptance, affirmation, and especially the affirmation. Mm. It's the greatest blessing you can get from your dad. Mm. Telling you, I see you becoming this. I see this greatness in you. I mean, my daughter, I say a few things and she believes it. She, she could even die for it because dad said. Mm. So it's, it's an amazing power that fathers have to affirm. And even traditionally, our fathers used to do that. We would kneel down, they would 
could, uh, you know, take some milk and do that and just bless you and say, may you have a good life. May you be this kind of a person. May you overcome all these things. I mean, traditionally it was there. Biblically it's there. Uh, so it's, uh, it's a cultural thing. It's a psychological thing. It's a spiritual thing. If you can get your dad just to bless you before he dies mm. and say those words, I love you. I am proud of you for one, two, three, mm. and I see you becoming this. I mean, those words, uh, you don't want to forget them in a hurry. It's interesting, in the Bible, we see that father blessing mm. and what the fathers say to their children, they became whether it was good or bad, because mm. somehow the children believed in it mm. and went for it. So a father blessing is a reality. So for the fathers who are listening, I would say do that regularly to your children. I mean, I, I, I love the Hebrews because mm. they bless their children every morning and they tell them wow. who they are and who they can become. Wow. Fathers, the world over psychologically give identity. Mm. Uh, so the more that you tell your children this is who you are, this is what you can become, they believe it and it's like you're giving them a spirit to go out there and conquer. Uh, no wonder, you know, a lot of them do very well because of that constant father blessing that they receive every day. Uh, so it's it's important. Fathers, give it this Father's Day to your children. Mm. Tell them who they are, what you see in them. Celebrate them for that. And those of us who have not been blessed, if your dad is still living, it's no, uh, not a bad thing to go to them and say, Dad, would you just bless me? Tell mm. me some words mm. uh, about what you see in me and what I'm becoming. Uh, say them to me. I think that's that's a great blessing. Wow. Hey, Pastor Simon Sizzler, the man. Well, Simon in itself. <laughs> but yes, yeah, in the background uh, of the things that you've said. Yeah. You've talked about how fathers affirm the good in children and you've also said that in your in your statistics mm -hmm. from your research 80% of us were either unfathered misfathered or underfathered that's true do you think this has affected how we are as a nation today definitely and how we are I'm saying the, the ills that we are seeing yeah. in society the yeah. corruption that we are seeing in society yeah. the one topic that I've avoided which is femicide yeah. you know I've completely <laughs> avoided it in this podcast for many yeah. reasons but yeah. how does fatherhood or the lack of fatherhood play in how we are as a society yeah if there's something all sociologists agree and psychologists mm. from both sides. There are those who say, yeah, it does in a big way. There are others who don't deny it does. They mm. just say it's a multiplicity of factors. Mm. But all of them agree mm. that lack of fatherhood affects not only the quality of uh, affirmed gender in a society, mm. uh, but also the results. Um, uh, if you read from different, and I could quote different people who have mm. published their findings, but generally they would say that if fathers are not involved in their, with their children, and not only the, you know, uh, the children they have sired, mm. but fathers in the society involved with children generally, mm. this is what happens. Crime rates go higher. It's interesting that a lot of gangs, they are looking for fatherhood. Mungiki. Uh, I've talked to Mungiki people myself. Very few of them have a father. And when they see someone who is like their leader, who brings discipline and tells them who they are mm. and helps them get bread, they see a father in them and they're willing to die for them. Uh, 
Uh, a lot of gangs all over the world, uh, 90% of those gang members would be fatherless. They're looking for fatherhood. Wow. So crime rates increase. Mm-hmm. Early pregnancy does increase mm-hmm. by four or five times. Mm-hmm. They even say uh, suicide rates go up three or four times wow. when fathers are not involved. There's something about a father in society that brings a stabilizing effect. Mm. We celebrate mothers because they start us off in life mm. excellently. Mm. I mean, very few of us complain too much about our mothers. Mm. So mothers mm. do a great job. That's why in Mother's Day, everybody buys card and stuff for mm. their mothers. Mm. Father's Day, very few do. <laughs> Some people didn't even know that Father's Day was, gonna, was coming. Yeah. But, uh, but it does affect the stability. In fact, uh, a quarter sociologist in the U.S. who said uh, practically every sociopolitical uh, economic problem the world over as a bearing to fatherhood. Wow. So whether it's poverty rates, whether it's crime, uh, whether it's uh, suicide rates, whether it's violence in a nation. I mean, a country is only as safe as what the fathers in that country have made it because teenage boys especially listen to fathers. Mm. And if they say if there's just a father in a neighborhood, teenage boys behave well, even if mm. he doesn't talk to them. Mm. <laughs> they just see fatherhood around mm. and they behave better. Mm. So for social cultural and psychological reasons. Uh, fatherhood brings stability, social stability to a nation. Uh, even, I mean, in terms of uh, political fatherhood. When you just feel like, I mean, Nelson Mandela, just as a political father, brought mm. a stabilizing mm. effect mm. in the whole nation just because of how he was revered and you're seen as a father who is not out to milk the country, is out to bless the, the country. country that yeah. just brought something in the country that uh, we still miss in South Africa uh, since then. And Africa, uh, all over, man. Yeah. So I think, uh, and that's why to me, uh, Amani, and we're going to partner together even in this podcast, mm. uh, from this Father's Day uh, to a, a Father's Day three years from now, we want as a community, uh, as a as an, uh, transform nations to partner with people to train one million fathers. Wow. One million in Kenya only in the next three years uh, to realize their position and to minimize their negative impacts in the community. I believe that will change One something. million fathers. One million fathers. I think that will affect the way people see masculinity. It's going to affect the quality of uh, femininity as well. Uh, it's going to affect a lot. Just the formation of fatherhood goes a very long way in uh, uh, touching on social, political, economic stability. Before I ask you my last question, how can we get involved in that project? How can people who are listening to this podcast get involved? Transform Nations is our uh, Transform Hyphen Nations is our website and 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 and, and is Facebook that, is as that well. Dot com or dot dot co dot ke dot, dot org dot co dot ke. Okay. Yeah. So, so Transform Hyphen Nations. Nations. But if you just type that, it will obviously you, you, you come you'll up. Get it up. Uh, mm-hmm. But the details will be that, of course, those who are fathers, we want to be able to train you. So mm-hmm. we have trainings that are going to be happening across the nation, mm-hmm. from Moranga to Makoweni to uh, Westlands. Uh, but we're going to be doing these trainings, and we're going to be talking a lot more in the media, uh, and just uh, signing up and saying you want to be trained. But secondly, for those who are not fathers, especially the ladies are 
are, are going to probably be some of our best partners in mm. this because they're passionate about it. Yes. Is to say, how do you get involved? Maybe sponsoring a father in Makoweni mm. and saying, I want, I mean, with 1,000 to go and train a father there for three days mm. or one full day for them to understand their role and get involved as a good father. So there's sponsorship, but also we are having schools. Like now we have a, f- a few schools who have said, we will partner as a school, we will train a hundred fathers. Just come wow. and teach us, give us the materials, we will train them. Wow. Or maybe as a church, some churches are adopting and say, us, we will train 2,000 by the time the period is over. Mm. Others, a hundred. Others, this and the other. Uh, organizations, like one of the organizations, corporate, they're mm. saying, we will train men in-house yes. to be part of that. So it's to say, we want to be part of it either in being trained as a father or ensuring men in our area of influence are trained or sponsoring and say we will give towards going to Moranga or going to Makuenu where I come from or elsewhere to train some men or some want to be TOTs want to be trainers we will train you give you the material go out and train People go find Transform Nations, yeah. Transform Hyphen Nations. Go find it on Facebook. Go find it on the internet, uh, on their website. Get in touch with them. Get in touch with the team and get involved in this One Million Father project. I love it so yeah. much. I love it so much. I want us to end, Pastor Sai, and you have to come back onto the podcast, Living Truthfully. But I want to ask you, yeah. it's Father's Day on Sunday. Yeah, finally we're here. Father, yeah. finally we're here. So for everyone, remember, it's Father's, it's Father's Day, Day this do, Sunday. Do something for a father yeah. around you, please. Yeah. And if you don't have a father around you to do something for, my number is 0726. <laughs> um, yeah. And it's my daughter's birthday, actually, yeah. on Sunday. So I'm wow. blessed that it's, you know, Father's wow. Day. Double blessing. Uh, double yeah. blessing. Yeah. What's your affirmation to fathers? In, in, in Kenya, fathers listening, fathers in Africa, mm-hmm. uh, people listening to this podcast around the world, What's your affirmation to fathers? I think my affirmation to tell them you're important. You play a significant role in mm. the life of another. For you're a hero to a lot of people. Mm. You're your children's hero. Uh, they treasure you. They mm. celebrate you. You may never know how much they look up to you. Uh, and so I just want to celebrate you and say you're a good dad by mm. just being present, by just being a provider, by being a protector, even socially, not just physically, but socially, making sure that they are safe. In terms of morals, being a priest and teaching them the right values, being a prophet and calling them out and celebrating them and affirming them. Mm. You're a hero. Continue to do that and just realize it's probably the best thing you will have done. Way after your corporate forgets you, your family will never forget you. So be a good dad. You are a good dad. I celebrate you. And I hope many will celebrate. Please make sure for one reason or another, even if it's not there, of course, they're not perfect. Mm. Celebrate your dad. Make, give him a call. Write them a letter. Uh, take them out for lunch. Give him a gift and make it practical. Mm. Uh, most of them will not appreciate flowers, yeah. except a few. Yeah. <laughs> I think you will. Uh, no, uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Some of them would appreciate a, a BMW. Yeah. Or a a watch or a phone or something else. But just something practical for them will really be a blessing. Let's celebrate fathers. What we celebrate multiplies. You're a good father, Pastor Simon. And Pastor Simon tells you who's listening that you're a good father. You're already a good father. You can be a better father, but you're a good father. And he's told you go and be present. He's told you go be a priest. Go be a prophet. Go be a provider to your family. 
Pastor Simon says that in fact I feel like I'm playing Simon, Simon says, says. <laughs> <laughs> So Simon says that if we fix fatherhood we fix a nation if we fix fatherhood we fix the destiny of a of a whole generation you're a dad out there and i want you to know this father's day that you're important i want you to know that your gift was not just seed that your gift was life and it is a gift that keeps giving and you have the opportunity to keep giving that gift of life so don't stop don't relent don't give up don't be discouraged you're a good man you're a good father and for all you fathers out there happy fathers day same happy fathers day a son really tells his father how he really feels a handshake or a pat on the back is all that he reveals I'd like to write that wrong Here in this little song Thank you for shaping my life Thank you for teaching me taking the time Thank you for showing me the way And thank you for being there when I need you Thank you for every single day Now I've been blessed with the sun of my own got my own bedtime stories to tell if i can raise him half as well as you raised me guess i'll be doing pretty well thank you for your guiding hand making my dreams come true You're an extraordinary man and I hope you're as proud of me as I am proud of you Thank you for giving me life Thank you for showing me good from I love you and I always have